This podcast contains explicit content. A hardly focused production. You are listening to one full hour of rip roar and rap music. The balance beam. Prepare to engage. Yeah, hi, am I on the air? Yep. Fuck. The Ack and Jack Show. The Ack and Jack Show. Those two damn boys, Buford and Bernardo. This is Frankie McDowell, my own TV station live in Sydney, Nova Scotia. Major winter storm is headed towards Massachusetts on Tuesday, February 13, 2024. It's going to bring up to 6 to 12 inches of snow more. People in Massachusetts, be prepared. Every winter boots ready for winter jackets ready. Hats and gloves and scarves, ski pants is ready. Order your pizzas and order your Chinese food. Buy cases of Pepsi, buy cases of Coke. Do your grocery shopping. Don't wait till last minute. Do it right now. Make sure if your smartphone, cell phones, laptops, tablet search, ever 3G, 4G, 5G, and LTE, you're at race well. When you drive a car, take your time to drive a car. Slow down so you don't get in car accidents. When you go for a walk, be very careful for walking so you don't slip and fall. Make sure if your furnace is the heat pumps ready in. Turn on your furnace to the pumps to keep those warm. Drink lots of green tea, white tea, red tea. Drink lots of green tea to keep you warm. Have your extra blankets ready to keep you warm so. Make sure if your shovel, snow scoops, snow blowers, snow plows, salt trucks ready as well. If you have anybody living in Massachusetts, be prepared for major winter storm on Tuesday, February 13, 2024. Take care, stay safe. <laughs> So let me peel back the curtain here just a little bit on the. Yeah, Ak- I would appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is the Ack and Jack Show. We are presented by Hardly Focused and the Solid Listen Podcast Network. And new episodes of this podcast are released on Thursdays. So uh, it will be the fifteenth of February, the day after Valentine's Day, the day when you go out and purchase your uh, discounted Valentine's Day candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the best time to buy it. Don't don't waste your money on it before Valentine's Day. Make sure you buy it after. Anyway, this is the day that the episode will have released. Now, we are recording it on the 12th of February, and as of right now, there's little to no snow on the ground here in Massachusetts. That is... Massachusetts. Massachusetts. That is... <laughs> That is all about to change here in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Uh, and yeah, we're supposed to get anywhere from uh, a centimeter to the full-blown apocalypse. That's usually how the forecasting goes around here when we get these massive snowstorms. So a couple of things. First, we haven't had a snowstorm like this in probably three years. Yeah, been a while. Definitely not this year. It's been a... It's been... Uh, Last year, year before, it's just been a dry winter. We haven't gotten a lot of snow. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when Frankie McDonald from his own TV station, when he is posting that some sort of weather event or natural disaster is happening in your area, then that is when it's legit. That is when you, you, you should probably start listening to the certified meteorologists at that point because the the guy on youtube when he's reporting it it's legit i'm not familiar with this guy oh my god we have been talking about him since the the dawn of this podcast earthquake (laughs) warning has been issued for california his name's frankie mcdonald he's from 
uh, Nova Scotia and he has his own TV station and he, okay. he does daily weather updates and it's usually central to some massive event that's uh, coming. It's, it's about to hit and uh, he, he usually gives the forecast when it comes to snow, for example, how much snow you're going to get, how many inches of snow will, will fall. And then he follows it up with his recommendations for what you can do to to stay safe, to stay comfortable. It always entails going out and getting a case of Coke, getting a case of Pepsi. Um, I heard Chinese food in there. Pizza and Chinese food. Uh, I appreciate, too, that he is not seemingly endorsed by neither Coke nor Pepsi. So he can, he can plug both of them. He, he's, yeah. he's, uh, he keeps all of it in his home. Your Coke products, your Pepsi products. He don't judge. He just want you to stay hydrated. Turns out he's a Royal Cola man. He likes his RC Cola, which I found out, <laughs> which I found out is uh, if you remember way back in the day, Lunchables had, uh, hamburgers. They had, they had a, I don't know if it's right to call it a meal, if Lunchables <laughs> constitutes a meal, but mm-hmm. one, one pack had like hamburgers. The other pack had hot dogs, but they included a can of Lunchables brand soda. Okay. Which I was like, I begged my parents to take me to the supermarket so I could get my, my Lunchables with the soda. And I was uh, today years old when I learned that it was merely RC Cola. Interesting. So. And it was not delicious in the least, but no, I always hated those Lunchables. Lunchables are, they were disgusting. <laughs> Lunchables are only good when it's like the crackers with the ham and the cheese. When it's literally just snacks. Yeah. When it's something you could easily assemble for probably less than the cost of a single package of, of Lunchables. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ritz crackers and, uh, and cheese and cheddar cheese and Oreo cookies. <laughs> I so. do like cookies, but yeah, I, I never had them much as a kid, but I remember the few times I did, I did not enjoy them. I, I got the hut, the little weenie ones, the little hot dog ones. And those were not good. Yeah, it was they were al- not good weenies. It was always a treat when I would get Lunchables, but, um, you know, of, of, for all the traumatic events I had in my childhood, and for the back asswards upbringing I had, I do seem to recall a lot of Lunchables being eaten. So, so I got to enjoy that luxury. And then um, when I had my first apartment, and that was the year that we, if you remember, up here in uh, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, we there was one year, and I think it was twenty third, fourteen, fifteen. I think it was twenty fifteen, somewhere around there. Every Wednesday for a month, maybe two months, there was a blizzard. Mm-hmm. And it was just nonstop. But every, there, I was conditioned into like this this habit of every time we'd have one of these blizzards come through, I'd stock up on Lunchables. And I'd eat Lunchables during the blizzard. So what I'm getting at is with this snowstorm that uh, by the time, again, this episode is released, it will have already happened. I did not stock up on Lunchables despite... At 34 years old, despite my temptation every time I'm at the supermarket. You talking about Lunchables being a treat for young you. I'm just picturing the the race car bed scene in The Simpsons set going, I get to eat Lunchables, do you? And me going, I eat home-cooked meals prepared by my parents. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, wow. 
That is accurate. <laughs> God damn. That was good. Oh, <laughs> uh, when um when Becky and I first got together, um, I, I played that episode of The Simpsons for a Millhouse Divided because you know, we you know, we we were getting to know each other, right? And she knew mm-hmm. that I enjoyed The Simpsons and this I think was the first episode I had her watch because we could both resonate with it. Being, yeah, being products true. of divorce. So, yep. and there was a period of time where I truly felt like uh, uh, Flanders, uh, Flanders, uh, Kirk Van Houten. Mm-hmm. Well, then Flanders lost his many wives as well. Yeah, so. I was going to say, I don't think your ex died at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Kate got uh, shot off the top of a set of bleachers <laughs> with a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> I'll never forget her last words. No footlongs. <laughs> they make you uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel bad for Flanders because like then he then he marries I mean he got then he had the Vegas wife and that uh, you know Mm -hmm. ended poorly as these things do and then he married Mrs. Krabappel and then they killed her off so he's he has not had it easy uh, despite having seemingly a two foot long member it's wild that I have uh, gone an entire Flanders wife of the Simpsons without watching a single episode because I've never seen anywhere Flanders and Krabappel were married. Yeah, that was I I you you know this, but whenever I say it was from a newer episode, I count anything from 2003 onwards as a newer episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so, what's uh bizarre about it. Yeah, if it came out in the last 21 years, it's new. Yeah, yeah, that uh, they they did a very like a very heartfelt tribute to Marsha Wallace when she passed mm-hmm. away, um, and basically it was the last time they showed Mrs. Krabappel. Yeah, um, with, with I think like newly recorded lines, like new for the time, and mm-hmm. then I believe she's shown up at least once since then, and they used like they they reused you know lines from past episode but mm-hmm. which is unusual because you know like phil hartman died in the 90s and his his characters weren't killed off they're just, they just show up in the background now if there's ever a large yeah. crowd gathered you will see lionel hutz and mm-hmm. troy mcclure just chilling out but they they yeah. otherwise don't speak and i guess like that's what's happened to op who now too but oh really yeah i'm uh I don't know. I, I've I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, episode three hundred, Barting Over, is uh, where I drew the line when I said I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I what quit. happened in that episode? So Bart gets uh, <laughs> emancipated from his parents because he found out he was baby stink breath, and okay. his, his parents basically pulled a Gary Coleman and and took all the money. And Bart's <laughs> like, "This is the last straw. I'm moving out. I don't want to be your son anymore." So. Mm-hmm. He moves into a loft in downtown Springfield, and uh, uh, I believe it was above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley. <laughs> no, it had Tony Hawk. It was it was stupid because it was a 300th episode, and they were trying mm-hmm. to do like relevant celebrity cameo a pal- a palooza. Okay, so they had Tony Hawk. They had Blink 182. <laughs> it was it was stupid. I I was so mad watching it. <laughs> and every once I in thought a- it was going to be something to do with uh, Apu because you said that's where you drew the line right after saying he's just a background character because I remember I mean there was a lot of controversy around when that documentary came out right what was it called like we need to talk about Apu or something the problem it, with Apu 
Yeah. And it kind of brought up the whole issue of white voice actors voicing non-white characters. And I think there was a big backlash of people being like, oh, so what? You just want us to kill these characters off? And the guy who brought up the Apu thing was like, no, just recast them. <laughs> you can still use the character, just hire one of the many qualified, correctly ethnic uh, you know, actors out there. And I guess I'm surprised to hear that the Simpsons didn't do that and just basically wrote him off. So uh, w there, there's two things to that. And the first is that, well, I guess three things. Cause the first is I think the guy who, who did that whole documentary or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, I could be totally wrong about this, but I think he was taken aback at the, the reaction mm -hmm. that happened so much. So he was like, Look, this got blown way out of proportion. Yeah, I remember that too. Like, it became a massive culture war thing. Like, oh, you're trying to cancel The Simpsons? What, everyone who's ever been a fan of The Simpsons is a racist now? And then being like, no, I never fucking said any of that. What is wrong with you people? Right, right. <laughs> uh, the second thing is that uh, Hank Azaria, who plays Apu, who's voiced Apu, and he also does Mo, uh, became very regretful at, mm -hmm. like, just realizing, like, Oh, I've potentially offended people over the several decades I've been playing this character. Well, I'm not going to mm -hmm. voice him anymore. So that's why Apu right. is, is disappeared and they have not recast him because then 2020 happened and then okay. shows were recasting, you know, uh, minority characters left, right and center. And that happened on the Simpsons. So like Harry yeah. Shearer doesn't play Dr. Hibbert anymore. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, Cle like Mike Henry doesn't voice Cleveland anymore on, on family mm -hmm. guy. It's a, yep. it's yeah, a, I know it's that a, was another one. So they've, they've recast them with, you know, actors of color, which is like, okay, that's, that's fine. But at the same time, like you didn't, you didn't need to do that because <laughs> you're acting, you're a voice actor. You're, you're, you're yeah, like, but I, I, I see the, I see the, uh, the logic behind it, you know? I see both sides of it. Sure. I just, it's changing something, especially in the case of family guy and the Simpsons, you're changing something mm -hmm. established for so long. And then now we have to, uh, like I, I've, I'm never going to get used to Carl on the Simpsons. I'm never going to get used to his voice. Huh? It just, it's not, it's, it is, uh, there's a voice in my head for Carl yeah. and the, what it is now is not that voice. Right. So, and it's the difference between, uh, hiring someone who can do voices and someone who can do the voice. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, for all the guff the internet gives it, I think uh, the new season of Rick and Morty did a very good job with the new voices by finding relatively unknown people who just did a really good job mimicking the original voices. Yes. Yeah. And they, they did not screw around in the least in looking for those voice actors. Now I haven't mm -hmm. myself, I've not watched Rick and Morty since uh, they were recast, but I've seen clips mm -hmm. and it's like, I, I can tell it's like 99.4% there, you know, like there's a couple of moments I can tell, but I think it's only cause I know to listen for it. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't know they were different, I probably would not have ever been able to notice. Yeah. That's what you got to I think that's what you got to do because like uh, yeah. Arif, Arif Zahir is the guy who plays Cleveland now on, mm -hmm. on family guy. And yep. he you would not know there was a difference. Okay. Yeah. And, 
I feel like the Simpsons could do that too. Like, I mean, there are a lot of really impressive actors out there who can do voices. Like you can find someone who can mimic the original voice. Absolutely. Yeah. I think (laughs) there's impressionists out there. I mean, that's literally their job. They can do that. And there are people that just, uh, you know, there's the, the real life Peter Griffin. I follow him on Instagram. Oh yeah. And if, uh, Seth MacFarlane, uh, ever retires or ends up actually, you know, boarding the wrong airplane, then, uh, and he will be the first one to joke about it. He will, um, have the real life Peter Griffin take over. Yeah. Like, seriously. Cause that guy could, that guy could just segue right into that role. Like, we actually, uh, <laughs> literally we went to uh, Rhode Island comic con. He was there. And I, if I, I, I may, misremembering this but i feel like there was nobody like at his booth at the time and he was like very eagerly trying to get our attention when we walked by (laughs) oh did you did you talk to him not really i don't know i find the whole thing kind of uncomfortable (laughs) you scare me sir he does he he, i I don't know i don't know what it is i can't articulate it i'm sure he's a wonderful man he does the peter griffin thing well but something about it just freaks me out a little bit (laughs) Butt scratcher! Now, Peter. Butt scratcher! Peter, now! Butt scratcher! Now! Butt scratcher! I can tell that's a really old sound drop, too, because I can hear the little click before and after as, mm-hmm. as the product of a, a poorly wired studio in the early days of this show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so that's uh, The Simpsons, I guess. Uh, speaking of new things... So, Ak, I know you are the biggest American football fan in the world. I love it. Oh, man. When the first guy takes the American football and tosses it to the American footballer to his left, and then they high five and say sport. And then whoever says sport the loudest wins the trophy. Uh, I think that that's just a beautiful moment. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much American football right there in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Since we're talking about American football, I figured I'd put yeah, on yeah, the band. I had a feeling that's where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, despite how much I love this song, I forgot that there's that the song just doesn't start immediately. Yeah, I love too that there's versions of this song that people just fuck around with on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And there's one called "Never Meant," but it never starts. And it's just that. <laughs> it's just like the intro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's three minutes of just that drum fill. <laughs> Oh my god! And then um, the best one—I'm sure I've sent it to you—but is never meant sixty-four. Have you heard? Okay, that? yep. Um, and it's so much so that Polyvinyl Records left a comment on it saying, uh, "I'm calling the police." <laughs> but <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. Are those Koopas that are talking? Yeah, that's uh, from... Oh, I think the Toads from Toads. Super Mario 64. That's right. Yeah, I just it loved just, it. <laughs> yeah, that's a brilliant touch. Uh, anyway, okay. Uh, but the sport American football. The, the, right, right, right. The big, the big game happened on mm-hmm. the 11th. The San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs, who, in my opinion, are now the new uh, New England Patriots. 
because this mm-hmm. is the second Super Bowl they've won in a row. Uh, Andy Reid, uh, who looks like he wants to sell me diabetes testing supplies. <laughs> and uh, Travis Kelsey, who uh, managed to uh, spark a new meme, I guess. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's... The, he, the one of him yelling at the coach? Yeah, yeah, him flipping yeah. out on Andy Reid. Um, and supposedly is because he uh, was telling him, I'm calm, fuck you, man. Fuck you. Which is what I always say when I'm calm. (laughs) Most people, when they're saying they're calm, they're not calm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, According to the New York Post, he was saying to Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey was saying, come on, you fucker, put me on. I'm calm. Keep me in, you fucker. And then like actually like body checks him too. (laughs) So, uh, and I promise you. I promise you, Taylor Swift was throbbing when she saw that happen. I So, yeah, some people in a Discord server I'm in were saying uh, after that event, some Swifties online were like, oh, my God, does he does he treat Taylor like that? Is he abusive? And my response was, oh, I'm maybe in the right circumstances. Maybe she's, well, you know, maybe uh, he'd, she'd like it if he treats her a little bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, there's there's got to be some rough stuff happening some fully maybe the con- coach liked it i some, don't know i don't judge <laughs> some fully consensual rough stuff happening uh, yeah be remiss if i uh didn't mention i i i've been told that there's going to be a, a a whole separate um podcast episode that's going to be about taylor swift at the super bowl okay so, uh you don't need to be there for that one eric I would I would have very little to contribute. Yeah, you know. I mean, mean. I could talk a bit about the political angle and how Taylor Swift, by being sort of vaguely normal and pleasant, has become uh, the number one hate effigy of the conservatives right now. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, let's just jump right into that then. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just interesting because she's almost as apolitical as a major figure in American life can get. Right? She's she endorsed Biden in 2020 in one tweet, but that's it. She's not, she doesn't really make political statements. She doesn't do big appearances or anything. Uh, she's largely very neutral, but I think just the act of being normal in public, just like being nice and pleasant to people has become lib coded. Uh-huh. I mean, people, they just, oh, she must be a lib because she's not constantly screaming about immigrants and Jews 24-7. Sure, not to mention the fact that this is the first time she's ever been really public and Mm -hmm. and, and very outwardly physical. There's been a lot of PDA between her and and Kelsey, especially Mm -hmm. after the game. So, uh, yeah, she's just not like what other outspoken celebrities are doing but at the same time her word carries a lot of power yeah and that's interesting to me i've said i I think if she ever like wanted to run for governor or senate she'd win she could flip any seat in the country she wanted to just on the power of her celebrity alone and i knew a few guys who would then be like hey i will pay good money for that seat because i want (laughs) to sniff it oh god uh but yeah um there was, I guess, this big conspiracy going on about uh, Taylor Swift. What is this? Uh, Taylor Swift 
election interference psyop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They thought Taylor Swift was a Pentagon agent. <laughs> or just like, oh. not an agent, and like an asset. Like they were using her. And now, mind you, again, she has in recent years not said one single thing culturally or politically to align her with either the democrats or the republicans liberal or conservative she is as neutral as you can imagine someone being but she's been encouraging of people to register to vote and that's inherently extremely threatening to one of the political parties in america so of course if you say hey don't forget to vote don't forget to make sure you're registered to vote. Clearly, you are a Democrat deep state asset. Yep. Uh, according to Gizmodo, shortly after the Super Bowl ended on Sunday, this past Sunday. So uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, grandpa, mm -hmm. as I like to call him, mm -hmm. uh, gleefully trolled those who accused him and the Democrats of running a Taylor Swift inter election interference psyop. Yeah. Um, according to the theory. Biden orchestrated the victory of the Kansas City Chiefs, where Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, plays as a tight end, in exchange for her endorsement. Mm -hmm. And Biden, do you think, okay, here's, here's the first question. Because there's a, like a larger thing with, with Taylor Swift in here, and it, and it circles back to what Grandpa's doing right now. Do you think he is aware of what his social media team is doing? Do you think he sees these posts that go out and, and gives his approval his seal of approval whatever before they're yeah. made public i do because he's he's at the very least he's made references to them in person too there was one um appearance he did i forget which what the event was but he told a few jokes and he ended it with a uh he said something like uh biden hopes you enjoy the rest of your night but i can't say the same for dark brandon and then he put on his sunglasses and walked off the stage <laughs> so he does at least like he is definitely aware of it um i'm sure he doesn't really get it like i i imagine it's the the younger staffers are just telling him trust us it'll be funny just do it uh or just let us make the post you know i'm sure it's it's not him thinking of it or anything like that. He, he probably just thinks it's a bit strange, but yeah, he's uh, got, he's got someone who uh, just set up a Biden HQ TikTok account. And when he told mm -hmm. president Biden, uh, the president's response was, Oh, well, I've had this really nice clock in my living room for <laughs> 51 years. TikTok. <laughs> Here's uh, audio from that uh, where Biden is being asked questions about uh, the Super Bowl and and not just the Super Bowl, but the conspiracy theory itself. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Chiefs or Niners? Two great quarterbacks. Hard to decide. But if I didn't say I was for the Eagles, then I'd be sleeping alone. My wife's a Philly girl. Game or commercials? Game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Deviously plotting to rig the season so the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl or the Chiefs just being a good football team? I'm getting trouble if I told you. Trump or Biden? Are you kidding? <laughs> Biden. <laughs> you. So he posted on Twitter because that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. I unearthed my iPad last night and I hadn't used it in so long that I still had the bird. <laughs> on, my, nice. on my home screen uh he posted on twitter biden said 
just like we drew it up with yep. a picture of Dark Brandon with those red Terminator eyes. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so he's in on it. Yeah, I mean, at least uh, whether or not he is like, he needs to have the joke explained to him when something like this goes up mm-hmm. is a different story. It's good PR. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, jokes about his obvious advanced age aside, I don't buy into any of the criticisms that he's like senile or dementia plagued or anything. I, I mean, I've listened to the man talk. I think he is still sharp and still coherent and he makes flubs, but usually minor ones, usually once he catches and, you know, I can see in a vacuum like, okay, yeah, I don't love that he's that old. I don't love that he makes these flubs. But then I also listen to Donald Trump and the man is not coherent. That like that, you know, Biden gets all the age jokes. Everyone just constantly talks about how old Biden is. Trump is like two years younger. He's also extremely old and he cannot string a sentence together to save his life. Hamburgers. Yeah. Yeah. You get the media like Biden will go. Ah, so I was speaking to Senator Harris. I'm sorry, Vice President Harris. And the front the front headline on every paper will be senile Biden forgets Harris is his vice president. Then meanwhile, you get Donald Trump going up on stage and saying, the thing about pudding that you don't understand in North Korea, they have the biggest, the most beautiful pudding. And I, I said, I tear, the man came up to me, tears in his eyes, said, sir, the pudding here, where's... Where is all the pudding? And just no one like no one thinks that's weird. Everyone just acts like that's normal. And it drives me nuts. Yeah. I mean, uh, this Marilyn Lockheed. Not remembering the names of anybody. So he just associates them with their organization. Yeah. uh, Like he recently went on a long rant against Nancy Pelosi, except he said Nikki Haley every time (laughs) instead of Nancy Pelosi. And like. That gets no coverage. No one cared. But Biden gets on every single time I go on like Yahoo.com or any any sort of like news aggregator website, the front and center page is, is Biden too old? Is Biden too senile? Are Biden's gaffes getting out of control? Is Biden's memory a problem? It's like, okay, fine. Ask those questions. But can we please also ask them about Trump? Why does he have this superpower that just makes people forget that he's a lunatic? Name a a single 80 plus year old that you know or have known that wasn't, you know, 100 percent on the money. Yeah, exactly. Biden acts about how I would expect an 81 year old man to act. Right. Plus, he he had a stutter. Right. Like he. he, Yeah, he did. He had to train himself to overcome a stutter. Yeah. And I'm not an expert on that. I've heard people say that sometimes when he flubs, you can tell it's uh, a common technique of dealing with a stutter where, um, you know, you're going to stumble over a word. So you try to find a different way to say it ahead of time and switch gears. And then you can sort of get confused and say like half of the original and then half of the replacement Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, 
So I'm sure that also is another stumbling block. Right. Yeah. Oh, dear. I, uh, Oh, I won't get into it. I, I had an encounter with someone at the supermarket who had quite the uh, had quite the stutter, and it was making a difficult yeah. situation even more difficult. Today, Junior, it's rough. It's you know, I've I've interacted with people with severe stutters, and I feel bad for them. And also, it is just painful to listen to. It is. I'm like I feel horrible. I feel like such an asshole saying that. Like, oh, you think you have a bad dealing with this? Imagine being the one with the stutter. Yeah, I agree. I'm a piece of shit for saying that, but I just think it's true that it is difficult to sit there and listen to someone try to get through a sentence when they have a severe stutter. I am absolutely patient with people who have stutters, who have stammers, but at the same time, like in my head, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. always during something that like I'm or I'm already trying to quell like impatience. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I said, it was a it was a thing at the supermarket and it was something it, it like I was already not positive about it. Let's put it that way. Right, exactly. And, You're and, already stressed. Correct. And then just this on top of it. But uh yeah. I mean it, it worked out, but it just one thing on top of that is it was just uh one additional hurdle that we had to cross. But mm. um now I have never been like forgive my ignorance. Is a stutter a thing that you get medically medically like diagnosed with i mean it's obvious if someone has a stutter but is it something Mm -hmm. that a doctor has to say you are you are diagnosed with stutter i assume i don't really know that's a good question because yeah if it's you know lots of people like both of us in the past few sentences have stuttered a syllable once or twice but you know if it's if it's actually severe I assume it's just kind of obvious, like, but yeah. And, and I don't know anything about like, I don't know what causes them. I know it's a neurological thing. I know it's not something they can control. I know it's not something you can like, you know, it's not something that like bracers or like, it's nothing to do with your mouth or anything. It's purely a, a, you know, neurological condition. But I I think that beyond that, I don't have, I don't know what causes it. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> how people improve i think that because obviously biden's is mostly i don't notice it you know when he's right. talking when he gives a long speech he's obviously mostly cured of it but you know he said that took many years of intense careful struggle and learning in order to get over it yeah i think that when i started taking venlafaxine oh god this was seven years ago now i noticed that because i would stumble over myself a lot while speaking you know if, mm-hmm. if you want to go back into the archives of the show you'll probably hear it yeah i think when i started taking that it definitely helped like my mind kind my brain kind of slow down and right. not uh be you know a step ahead if you yeah. will if that may, if that makes sense um yeah but i, I mean, mean again stutter a stutter like that is everyone does that i think i think that's just a common thing i also taught myself to if you notice now, I there's a lot more gaps when I talk. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll have those moments where it, it seems like I'm buffering, but it's because I'm trying not to, yeah. uh, like that. Yeah, that 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 makes sense to me. I think that's a generally a, a smart thing to do. <laughs> right. I I spent a lot of time around uh, select people who 
never practiced that, and uh, uh, one would say it was unlistenable. Yeah, but uh, one one would one yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Giz- it's me. I'm one. <laughs> uh, Gizmodo says right wing influencers have been promoting the quote Biden rigging the Super Bowl conspiracy theory in full blast in recent weeks. On January 29th, former presidential candidate and uh, freestyle hip hop superstar. <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't think Gizmodo said that. <laughs> no, Jack Gill said that of Hardly Focused. Hardlyfocused.com. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy told Jack Probiotic, uh, who promoted the... Uh, is that... Is that... Is it Probiscus? Pro, Jack Pro... pro Hosabayak? Prosabayak? Is that it? Get out of I here. I've never seen his name before. Get yeah. out of here with your legitimate pronunciations. <laughs> I, I like probiotic. <laughs> That's it from now on. Uh, Prilosec, OCT. Um, uh, he promoted the Pizzagate conspiracy theory in 2016. Uh, Vivek said that he wondered who's going to win the Super Bowl next month and then had some. Uh, uh, ridiculous statements that I forgot to copy over here. Uh, but then here's the uh, bigger one. Rogan O'Handley, which is an equally unfortunate name, said in a post directly at the San Francisco 49ers, he said, you must defeat the Chiefs. If you don't, Mr. Pfizer, in brackets, a name some right-wingers use to refer to Kelsey, and his girlfriend are going to tour the country as world champions helping elect Joe Biden. World War III will likely follow in a second Biden term, and millions will die. The fate of the free world rests upon your shoulders. No pressure. Cool. Now, now uh, to Danny Bonaducci, now, if a, if a nuclear war happens, okay... Does that mean Frankie McDonald's going to go on his own TV station and <laughs> announce that the missiles are incoming? People of Massachusetts, you are already dead. <laughs> There's just a skeleton on screen <laughs> burning. <laughs> uh, the full quote from uh, Vivek said, uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl next month? And I wonder if there's a major major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially, culturally propped up couple this fall. Just some wild speculation over here. Let's see how it ages over the next eight months. Uh, okay. Uh, there is more from the big game coming up. Not about the game itself, but the uh, commercials. Because I tell you this, I don't watch the, I don't watch the Super Bowl for the game itself. I was a little invested last night. I, I honestly was rooting for the Chiefs, and uh, they won. But I'm um, happy for you. I was more invested in the commercials, and I'm usually invested in the commercials mm-hmm. every year. And when we come back, I'll tell you about the uh, moment when I effectively uh, soiled myself because of <laughs> one commercial in particular. So we'll have that. I think I can guess. We'll have that coming up for you. Stick around. Hardly Focus presents the Ack and Jack Show. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis. So I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere. You know, the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. 
And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples. And so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hardly Focus presents the Ack and Jack Show. There'll be like a 12-minute, incredibly epic, beautiful, soulful rock opera that makes me want to weep. And then the next song is like a two-minute jaunty country tune called like Flapjack Timmy. Do you remember what show this is from, Ack? Pete and Pete, right? Hell yeah. Yeah. She's, Great soundtrack. That brings she, me back. She is staggering by Polaris. This would be the yeah. song that would play whenever uh, older Pete would be giving some sort of thoughtful, insightful monologue. Yeah, coming of age uh, soliloquy. Uh, before we get into the Super Bowl commercials, I want to play this for you. Um, maybe you saw it, Ack. If not, uh, I, I will play it for you. Uh, Zach from this show, mm-hmm. Zach Ward, shared this with us. It came from Reddit. Oh, yes, I did see this. A subreddit called I'm the main character. And the (laughs) post was titled Grandpa Showed Up and Showed Out. And I learned that this now. Now, when I first watched this, I thought it was in Canada. But it turns out it's right over the state line. Uh, Yet again, New Hampshire coming up on this Mm -hmm. show because they're just bizarre. (laughs) New Hampshire just being weird. When they said live free or die, they meant it. So this comes from a Dover, New Hampshire school board meeting. And this is from November of 2023. And the board met and discussed a book called Boy Toy by Barry Liga. Mm -hmm. Liga Virgin. 
According to Reddit, it's a book about a student who is the victim of child molestation by a teacher in their healing process they went through to overcome it. Mm-hmm. And the big to-do was that somebody complained to the school board about this book being in the school system and demanded it be taken out of the library. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, I guess, it, it, as ridiculous as this whole process has to be, it's good that they someone just doesn't do it, that it actually goes before a council right. for it to be decided if it gets taken out. Yeah, because there are, I mean, it varies state by state, maybe even school district by school district. And I've read that it's probably Florida because, you know, fuck Florida. But um, there are some places where if one person submits a complaint for any reason, the book is just automatically pulled. And there was something like 300 books, which it was like 95% of all books pulled were at the complaint of one person. They were probably just trolling too. Maybe. And I think it was like a genuine, uh, like hyper Christian, you know. Now, now knowing Florida, does the, I would assume there's some sort of like online form or something. Like, do you have to select a book or can you say every book in existence? Because that's what I would do. Please ban all books, every single book, even the books that haven't been written yet. Yeah. Ban them all. I, I want those libraries bare, barren. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the book, I went through the school board notes, the meeting agenda, whatever the minutes. And, um, there is a document, there is a big long document that is trying to justify why this book needed to be removed from their, Mm -hmm. their system, the library system. And I mean, there's profanity in it, but what book doesn't have profanity in it? Yeah. Get over it. (laughs) And also the subject matter and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So some, as, as these, you know, public meetings go, you know, school board meetings, what have you, there's always a degree of controversy because there's going to be people that are for and who are against. Mm-hmm. And a man came in and he was against having the book kept in the library. In other words, he was for having it removed. He was in support right. of uh, the, the, it was a woman who submitted the complaint, wanted it removed. She wasn't even at the meeting. She didn't right. even go. Uh, but there was a guy, an older gentleman who, uh, supported her, uh, I guess desire her request. Mm-hmm. So he comes up to the microphone and most people, you know, they, they get heated over time, right? Yeah. They don't yeah. just, they, don't, they, they slowly turn up to 10. The, the temperature rises. This guy just came in just this like, this guy popped out the womb at 10. <laughs> right. Yeah. Usually you start off in the game with the crowbar. And by yeah. the end of the game, you have the rocket launcher. <laughs> this guy this guy came in with two rocket launchers. Uh, mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, his name is Rick Hebbard. And here he is greeting the fine folks of the Dover, New Hampshire School Board. Good evening, cowards. Nice to see a, a bunch of fat, ugly women. Oh! Oh! What? Excuse you. What? Can we see no. the agenda? No. No, 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 no. They're fat, ugly women is what they are. Let's talk about it. You don't have to buy. It's called free speech. Buy. That's not free speech. That's insulting. Buy. That's good. Shut up. Okay, everybody. 
<laughs> so I want to make a couple things clear here. Okay. That guy's an asshole. Yes. I do not condone walking up to random people and being that horrible to them 100%. for no reason. Agreed. Piece of shit move. Point two, the fucking balls on this guy are a little bit admirable. <laughs> like, I wish people weren't like that. I would We would be a better world if people didn't behave like that. But a little tiny part of me is like, good God, the brass bangers on that guy. Just, just opening with this. Good evening, cowards. That's a good line. That's a good line. I, it's what comes after that I think is over the line. But. A bunch of fat, ugly women. Yeah, and then I do like the instant reaction of just you can hear the air leave the room as everyone realizes what he just said. Yeah. And so the video that you saw was like in TikTok format. So it was only it was cropped just to show only him. There yeah. is behind him and to his left a, uh, you know, a younger looking woman. Let's say mm. she does not fit the uh, description that he just uh, articulated. Mm-hmm. And she just bursts out laughing. Oh, God. She loved it. <laughs> there were some yeah, people I, in like, there who started laughing, and then there are others who just the, they just were flummoxed, flabbergasted. I, yeah, I can't, like, again, I don't really think it's funny. I think it's bad when people behave like that, but I can't guarantee I wouldn't laugh in the moment just out of sheer, did that just happen? Kind of like, I will, I will tell you the seven stages of grief I went through watching this. Okay. <laughs> I, when, when Zach sent it to me and I watched it and just the good evening cowards followed by a bunch of fat, ugly women. I, my immediate response in our group chat was, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it's because I was laughing so hard at the fact that this, this guy just comes in, just guns blazing. And it just yeah. is in a room full of people. And the fact he did this and didn't immediately get decked was, was yeah. impressive. Uh, yeah. And then, and then did some research, uh, read about the guy and uh, he, I guess is the town asshole. Him and his right. wife are the town assholes. They, they have, Oh, filed a lot of lawsuits against the town. Uh, I think one recent one, and I don't, I don't know how recent this is. I know a, a lot of press surrounding the guy is from years ago, but mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he's still up to his old tricks, but it was something yeah. about like the street that he lives on there are potholes in front of his house. And he was like blocking the town from uh, paving over them. Cause he claims that that strip of road is his which like, <laughs> no, it's isn't the, how roads work. Right. Yeah. He's, he reminds me act. And I don't know if this will resonate with, with you as, as much as it does, as it does me, but there was a, the father of someone we went to high school with who went on to be very successful. Um, okay. And this individual's father, Rick Hubbard reminds me of this individual. Cause he was the guy who would just like, walk into the stop and shop in Grafton and just immediately start going off on everyone who worked there about just things that were out of their control. Like prices See, I going up. I remember on stuff. someone's father being like that. I always thought you were going to say, um, Stefan's old neighbor who was such an asshole that for a time, our first greeting to each other upon seeing each other was to inquire if that man had died yet. I was going through leading up to the next thing we're going to talk about here, but I was going through old text messages that I had with Stefan. Cause I mm-hmm. have not for, for, uh, reasons that one might say are, uh, indicative of a mental illness. 
I've not deleted any text messages on my phone from the last several years. So I was going through my texts with Stefan and the first text I sent him was a picture of when I was driving through Carlsbad, California and sent mm-hmm. it to Stefan and said, get it? Cause Carl's bad. Is he dead yet? By the way? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't remember his name, but yeah. I'm glad you knew who I was and, talking and about. And then the, the, like the several subsequent texts are me asking if Carl was dead or me saying that, well, I'm still checking the uh, town obituaries and I don't see Carl in there. And then finally we get to Stefan texting me to say that Carl had died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's guy. gotta be people in this guy, this New Hampshire guy's life who, who do the same. Fuck that guy. Oh, I, my blood boils just thinking about him now. Now this is where it's sort of a, a double standard here because now if this was happening to me now, if now, if uh, Rick Hubbard approached me and said a bunch of fat, ugly women, like I would take offense to that because I know I'm putting on some weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's happening to me, then okay. I'm offended. But if it's happening to someone else, then all right, it's kind of funny. Like depends it's, it depends on the context. It's one of those things where, like, again, end of the day, it's bad. Don't treat people like that. But like a lot of people are mean in like a boring, unoriginal way. That's like a really creative way to be mean. <laughs> it is actually. Just when that's what you kick off with, too. Yeah. Stop like again, I, I think <laughs> my reaction would be to be pissed off eventually but my initial reaction would be to like i would just go like like a quick burst out of laughter of just like what the fuck did you just say yeah and and the guy that we're talking about that we knew personally stefan's old neighbor um i mean he was old i was i i was on the mind he was growing senile Mm -hmm. and everyone in our fucking town loved the guy which i don't get because i only knew everyone i knew hated him if you ever drive down uh, if you're ever in Grafton, you drive down like the, you know, main street or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's still up to sign for his hardware store. Cause really? he had, he had is it har- anything else now, or is it just an empty it's building? It's just empty. But like, you know, the sign from the fifties is still out there. And you know, the town loved him cause he was like, he was on like the board of selectmen or whatever. Uh, but you know, I, I'm sure he had a, a a good rapport with people in his age group because anyone who was right. born after the year 1960, in his sights and everyone that I worked with at a stop and shop fucking hated this man with a burning passion. I, yeah. All I heard was stories about how needlessly mean he was to everyone he interacted with. Right. I never heard a good story about this guy. And, um, I remember complaining to our store manager about this guy and, uh, the, the store manager chastised me because he had a good relationship with him. I'm like, I'm not gonna fuck yourself yeah. after, uh, watching this chick that worked in the deli department. He goes up to her. She has no idea who this guy is. And Carl walks up to her and goes, yeah, my usual. And she's like, all right, well, what is that? And without all he had to do was answer the question. Yeah. All he had to do was that. And instead just started uh, insulting her intelligence, uh, ripping her apart. I just Fuck don't understand guy. behaving that way. I really don't get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, any, I consider any moment that someone isn't kicking me in the face to be like a pleasant miracle that I have to thank them for. Like, I just, you know, like if someone, I I just can't imagine being moderately inconvenienced. Hey, actually, can I tell you a story that happened to me this week? This was, this was a weird situation that happened to me on the train. Sure. And again, this didn't get me. I don't wish death upon this guy. It was just bizarre. Can I wish death upon so, him? 
So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the train to work outside my apartment. And there's quite a it's been like 10 minutes since, it, you know, the trains in Boston do not obey any schedule decipherable by man or God. It just does its own thing. Um, so it's been like 10 minutes. It hasn't shown up yet. Quite a crowd's amassing. And there's two people standing near me, one of whom has the case for what is apparently a cello on his back. And then I don't know if it was just a friend or the boyfriend of or the professional agent of was standing next to him. And as the train was approaching, I could hear the friend of the cellist going, don't worry, you'll get a seat. Now, I always stand in exactly the right spot where when the train arrives, the door opens and I'm right in front of it. Right. I'm like always the first one on. I've just been doing this long enough every day. I know exactly where that spot is. So that's always where I stand if it's available. So I can be the first one on the train. This guy flings out his arm, hits me in the chest in order to stop me from getting on the train and goes, excuse me, can the cellist get on first, please? Thank you. Oh, I hope you said no. I, I, I like I had that kind of nervous laugh reactor. I just kind of just went like, <laughs> like, what? Like, I wasn't offended or mad i was just like did this guy really just do that did he just like in that really over the top rehearsed voice say that with the fake sarcastic thank you while like slapping me in the chest to stop me from walking forward that just blew my mind so the two of them get on first and then as i like walk past them to get further back into the train he starts yelling it someone who's sitting down to get up out of their seat so the cellist can sit down and meanwhile the cellist is just like standing in a corner going no no it's fine i don't mind standing like he was the most soft-spoken polite young man imaginable and i don't know if this friend of his was like auditioning to be a hollywood manager or something but my god he wanted that whole train to know this cellist is vip uh now it, i mean I'm not, I do not mean this is a slight against you, but, um, this guy picked the right person to, uh, you know, put a hand on because yeah. it had been, had it been anyone else, that dude's arm would be going in a direction that arms don't go. He's lucky well, that didn't, that was not the outcome. That was Stephanie's reaction. She was like, you know, people can't like touch you as a stranger in public. And I was like, I know, but I was just sort of like baffled and amused so yeah. i didn't react this is i just like let him because i was just like i couldn't believe that had just happened sure this I is also couldn't... one of those things in the moment too you're like what the fuck just happened and you don't have an immediate reaction to it most people right. don't just yeah. like react on the fly like that hearing the story now secondhand and i go back to my original question of can i wish death upon this person and i would because no one touches act yeah but um <laughs> Uh, and he didn't hurt me. He didn't punch me harder. It was just like a, to bar my entrance. But it was just the audacity. It was like similar to to what's his name Hubbard. Yeah, Hubbard. Just like the the brass clankers on this guy. I'm like, you're a dick, but I gotta respect the balls you've got to just fucking do that to a stranger in public. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that's you're in downtown. You're in Boston. Like. Mm -hmm there's uh some might say that's normal i mean if that was in new york city it would absolutely be normal i mean you, you get yeah. on the train and you see someone just with a full lobster dinner spread out 
eating it right off the seat. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and then Ack ran into Elliot Davis, who tried to scam him at $20 for a can of Fix-A-Flat, <laughs> whom I've never had the uh, pleasure of running into. But anytime I, uh, rarely do I need to go into downtown Boston for like business or anything. And I did a couple of weeks ago and I was actually mm-hmm. considering getting a can of Fix-A-Flat and then like actually seeing if I could uh, seek out Elliot Davis. So I could mm-hmm. just, if he comes up to me and be like, excuse me, young brother, could I trouble you for $20 so I could get myself a can of fix a flat because yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. And be like, here you go, Elliot, right here. I have a can right here for you. Cause that would be really funny. Cause that would set him off. That's the thing. If, if the response is anything, but yes, here's money mm-hmm. or, or come to the ATM with me so I can give you more money than you initially asked for. Then he goes off on you. The guy's a maniac. Yeah. Look, if, if you're unfamiliar with Elliot Davis, look him up. He's a well-known scammer yeah. in, in Boston. But uh, anyway, okay. Um, I'm sure we've offended enough people, or I've offended enough people now in the, in the last 20 minutes. You know, I, I do. I, I love public transit. I think it's wonderful. I want more of it. I want society to fund it more and use it more. And like 90% of the time, it is wonderful and just peaceful and relaxing and everyone just minds their own business. You do now and again like once every two months there'll be a weirdo on the train who is either ranting to themselves about how COVID isn't real or spitting on the floor or, you know, just any sort of unpleasant antisocial behavior. Right. And that sucks. And I get people don't like that, but it is rare in my experience. It is the exception that proves the rule. I mean, that's why they're there. It's public transportation. Yeah. I mean, how much is a single fare? Uh, so for me, my work pays for a monthly pass. Oh, so I don't ever have to pay. Okay. Which nice is awesome. Yeah. And they, they like that because they also offer to pay for parking and, uh, public uh, monthly pass on the T is cheaper than a monthly parking spot in the middle of downtown Boston. So they appreciate that. That's all they have to do for me. Yeah. I think I spent in total just parking for two days down there. Uh, a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I mean, I drove in myself. I mean, like I could have taken the train. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I could, I could have, but the green line, which is the one I take, is like oh, shut yeah. down. For All like of January, it was yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. So fuck me, right? Yeah, I just came back last week. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, the ending of the the Rick Hubbard story, uh, "Boy Boy Toy" by Barry Lega, uh, the vote seven zero passed. The book will stay in the uh, Dover public school system library. Well, I guess he didn't do his cause any favors, huh? No, he didn't. And then uh, it's, it's very audible at the end when they call the vote, you can hear him like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, you old- catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Is that the saying? Maybe. <laughs> you catch more cowards with, I love yous than you are a bunch of fat, ugly women, a bunch of fat, <laughs> ugly women. So, yeah so uh he oh his comments too by the way so people were so taken aback that they actually had to call a recess mm-hmm. and then allowed him to continue because you know he's allotted what like five minutes or something to, to speak his mind and i think yeah. like i don't i don't know like what the rules of these things are because they still let him speak after the recess and he was calmer all things considered but ended his um his diatribe with uh thank you communists 
my God. He also, why am I not surprised? Yeah. He also was throwing around a word that I actually, I had it in the drop and I actually stopped it before he got to it. Mm -hmm. It's a word that, um, uh, rhymes with, it's a two syllable word and the second syllable rhymes with card. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's one of those words that it somehow becomes funny when someone with a very thick Boston, you know, new England accent says it. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I, uh, I left that out. But he's not from Boston, and that's our word. It's our slur. <laughs> he's a, no. I think I think Dover <laughs> might be part of the Boston market. So, oh yeah, the the, well. the Boston media market. Look, if he can pick up NBC Boston where he lives, then I think he gets a pass. Okay. On 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 the on the how he pronunciates words, pronounces words, the pronunciations. I'm Joe Biden. I'm stumbling <laughs> over myself. Uh, not, not the, he's not going to pass on the word in question anyway. Right. Uh, so back to the Super Bowl. Um, I've been talking about this. I've talked about it in the last episode of this podcast. I've been talking about this ever since, uh, I, I knew it existed. The film twisters, the sequel to the, the 1996 film twister. It exists a, I, I, I mean, it's a Super Bowl. In hindsight, I should have seen this coming, but at the same time, I was not expecting to see the trailer play during the Super Bowl. Right. And I like Becky's in the kitchen and she's cooking, uh, she's cooking Mexican street corn for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she, wh- the, like the one time she's going to start talking to me, she like walks over to me to say something. And then the, the trailer starts playing and I immediately like shoot up from the couch and I'm like, ah! Shut up! Shut the fuck up! That was exactly. Watch yeah. this. Yeah, that was me. I'm like, shut up! Yeah. And like the whole time, I'm like literally like contorted watching the the trailer for Twisters. And Becky got like, she like whips out her phone and she's like filming me. She's recording me as I'm like <laughs> reacting to it. Uh, and um, the whole time, I'm just screaming, "They fucking did it! They did!" Because like all there are all these like pictures have been posted last summer uh, purportedly of the uh, vehicles that were going to be used in the movie. And, you know, the first mm-hmm. twister was known for um, like, you know, the, the ragtag storm chasers all driving shit boxes, except for Bill Paxton's character yeah. dr- driving a then brand new Dodge Ram. Um, so, but that, you know, perfect marketing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for that, I mean that movie was one just long commercial for the you know the new Dodge Ram, but mm-hmm. um, and to this day I still want one of those trucks. <laughs> to this day, I followed this. I used to follow this account called the Paxton Mobile, and it was this guy who had one of those trucks and built like a full replica. Oh man, of, of Bill Paxton's truck, and uh, he was selling it for like ten thousand dollars. I'm like, look, uh, I I might have the money for this. Mm-hmm. I could buy this. I would right. be, it would be the worst financial decision of my life, <laughs> but I could, I could buy this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't, but, uh, so the pictures going around were of, um, 2024 Rams and I have to, I have to be careful to say not Dodge Ram cause it's no longer, a, uh, they're no longer manufactured by Dodge. You're just Ram. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are red Ram trucks. And they were, you know, all the ones that they manufactured for the movie. And uh, people were quick to say that it was bullshit. That's not what it was. Well, uh, how the turntables, because it's prominently featured in the trailer. You skeptics, you non-believers. 
Oh, dude, I'm excited. It's got uh, Glenn Powell, who uh, he's got I share a birthday with him, but he oh. was um, in uh, Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Glenn Powell, I think, is going to be the go-to guy when you have a film that is uh, <laughs> releasing a sequel decades later. That's a good point. Yeah, get Glenn Powell <laughs> to be in it. Yeah. He's got a really goofy smile, though. Like, he... His face, like his smile is like what second graders draw when they're told draw a smile. <laughs> he's got the goofiest looking smile, but uh, no, he's the main character. Uh, Daisy Edgar Jones is playing um, the, the female lead. The rumor is that her character is the daughter of Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt's right. character um, from the original. Now they're calling it a standalone sequel, so it's... Uh, n nothing, no characters from the original will show up in it, but there are a lot of mm -hmm. connections to the, uh, original film. Um, right. Dorothy, the Dorothy, uh, a new Dorothy unit is very prominently featured in the trailer. So that's one such connection. Um, but yeah, you know uh, what it is? His smile is very small for the shape of size of his head. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Sorry, someone, I'm looking. I'm looking at pictures of Glenn Powell now, and yeah, that's just, what it is. His his head is very large, but his mouth is very small. And it's like a it's like a perfect smile too, which is so bizarre considering how tiny it is. Yeah. And it, oh man, it's just it's so off putting, and he smiles so much in the trailer, and it's, it's like <laughs> like look if anything if anything's taking away from the utter realism of this trailer, it's Glenn Powell's smile. <laughs> uh, but uh, on Kotaku. Uh, Alyssa Mercante, I can talk, as I'm trying to give her credit for this more editorial about Twisters. Mm -hmm. I mean, she hits the nail on the head for everything. Um, uh, she's girl me. She talks about how she uh, was obsessed with Twister, and she still is to this day. Mm -hmm. I resonate with that. She uh, even mentions that Van Halen, as she puts it, Van Halen wrote a song for it, for fuck's sake. Mm -hmm. the song that uh, broke up Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. She then says, every single person in my life is required to watch Twister if they want to remain in my life. <gasps> but then she goes on to explain that, uh, well, she explains a couple things here. First, uh, I, I've learned, Ak, and I'm sure, you, I'm sure you know this too, never read comments on anything. Because oh, yeah. people are calling this a remake of Twister, and it's not. Right. It's the, the same commentary that was it was being made when jurassic world was announced mm -hmm. and people were like yeah. oh it's a jurassic world or jurassic park uh, remake or reboot and colin trevorrow had to say like no it's legitimately a sequel yeah i i actually have not seen any of the jurassic world movies and i remember when for the most recent one they had clips with uh jeff goldblum in them mm -hmm. i kind of had that moment of Oh shit! He's like it's all one timeline. Yeah, <laughs> I was like stunned to real to learn that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still. I was talking to someone about today. Uh, they were like, "Oh, I still haven't seen uh, Jurassic World Dominion," and I'm like, "Don't." Yeah. Oh, please don't. It's so bad. And I and this is coming from me. Yeah. It's bad. Um, and and a, a wasted opportunity to have you know the the stars of the original Jurassic Park all together in it. Mm-hmm. And then they got a new one coming out next year. Yeah. And they announced the director. And then two days later, the director's like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, <out>. that's right. <laughs> so. Oh, um, my God. But anyway, I remember watching. Um, I remember watching Twister at your house once. Yeah. And 
uh, your, your mother made a very poignant observation that never, I never thought of in the, the trillion times I had seen the movie prior to that evening. And it was, she's like, I like how all the bad guys, their cars are all black. <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, she wasn't even watching the movie. She's like walked by the living room, saw it on TV and just like made that observation and then went about her, her business. And I'm like, that makes so much sense. That is really funny. The, the villainous corporate team, of course. <laughs> everything that they, everything's all clad in black. That that, yep. that explains everything. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it looks like Glenn Powell's character is the you know the ragtag storm chaser, as his, the mm -hmm. tailgate of his truck says, "I will see you in hail." <laughs> Whereas uh, Daisy Earl Jones's character is, it looks like she is the more corporate of the uh, of the of the cast, if you will. Uh, right, but. Seems there, uh, it's based on, um, and I should have, I should have clocked this. It's based on, uh, YouTube channels run by, uh, prolific, well-known storm chasers. And one Massachusetts. of the Massachusetts. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Is he in it? Is he in it? <laughs> Big one. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'll actually, I'll be really mad if he's not. I didn't even make that. I didn't even think about that. I would be really pissed if Frankie is not in uh, Twisters. <laughs> he definitely has earned himself a role. Glenn Powell, Daisy Edgar Jones, and as the voice of the tornado, Frankie McDonald from his own TV station, <laughs> Twisters. That would be awesome. <laughs> And it just makes that sound every time the twister's on screen. No, no, no actual twister-like special effects. Just that sound. The, the, the tornado alarm is just this. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a there's a storm chaser named Reed Timmer who's like one of the most prolific um, storm chasers out there. So much so he has a vehicle called the Dominator. And I think there's like been, he's built four of them over the years because they keep getting totaled, mm. but he's, he's designed the vehicles to be able to just like, he can just drive them into the middle of a tornado and just, uh, Ugh. you know, bolt it into the ground and, uh, just be inside it and film yeah, from inside shit it. Genuinely terrifies me. Tornadoes are one of those things. I, I have a real sincere fear of like primal, scream and curl into a ball fear and i i remember you and fro used to do a little bit of tornado chasing yourselves oh hell yeah and i yeah. i was just like you guys are fucking nuts you're lunatics what is wrong with you i mean most most people who do that i mean they're doing it for the thrill of it but there there is uh is jamie gertz puts it in the first twister uh you're all insane and she's the most insane one of them all mm -hmm. um but uh, like I like how you're like you're saying it as if it was something that Frown I did regularly, and it was like the one time a significant tornado event happened in this state. <laughs> Twenty eleven. Oh, yeah, I I recall that event, and I recall thinking you were a goddamn lunatic. Yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't see it. We saw some cool lightning. Mm -hmm. Stefan and I got caught in a, a giant lightning storm later on that evening, but uh, we did not see any tornadoes, which was uh, disappointing. But that was for me. For me, that was an exciting, an exciting day. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, 
It was actually fascinating if you looked at like satellite images of uh, the state of Massachusetts after the tornado ripped through. Because that was a, I mean, it was a big tornado. It was, mm-hmm. um, it, it was like an F three, I think. But yeah, looking at like satellite image of Massachusetts, you could see the path that it carved. Uh, it went right alongside Route twenty. And even for a period of time, you drive down Route 20 and you're heading out towards Springfield and you could see the, the gap where the tornado traveled in the trees. Wow. Um, and then there's a town out in Massachusetts uh, and I'm, I'm blanking on it right now, but it actually, like the entire town, Monson, I believe, was taken out. Wow. It's a small, small town, but that tornado managed to level it. So we, I mean, Jeez. I mean, hey, our base, our, uh, is there a baseball team? Not, not, the, not the Woo Sox. I think Worcester has a um, a team called the Tornadoes because huh. Worcester was hit in uh, yeah, the nineteen fifties yeah. by by massive by massive. My alma mater, uh, Assumption College, had to be completely rebuilt because it was like absolutely annihilated, and like a dozen uh, faculty were killed. Jesus, god damn! Yeah, did you know that? I did not know that, and that's that's weird to that's fascinating in that. Uh, by the way, the Worcester tornadoes disbanded in 2012, so they're no longer. Um, okay. but, but Assumption just looks like it's old to begin with. You, I yeah, I no, that's all all new from after that tornado. Damn. Okay. Uh, well, it comes out in July. The movie Twisters. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Reed Timmer uh, actually not only brought the writer of the movie, Mark L. Smith, storm chasing with him, but actually contributed mm-hmm. to the script. So uh, I, I have some faith in this because there have been over the years, there have been so many like, you know, B movie tornado flicks with some sort of stupid premise to it, like atomic tornado or sharks that may or may not be in the tornado. Right. Yeah. There's always some like dumb premise to it. And this one, I mean, if, if, if legit storm chasers are actually contributing to it, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, I will probably, I'm going, I'm going to make the rare trek to the movie theater to see it. Theater. Um, I might bring my father. Cause he took, Oh yeah. I bet he'd love that. He took me to the drive-in theater to see Twister and the drive-in theater has now been replaced by a market basket. So I told him theater was demolished by a twister. He lamented. He lamented that, uh, that the drive-in is no longer there. And I'm like, well, you know what we can do when it comes out on demand, we can just like sit in the market basket parking lot and watch it on an (laughs) iPad through my car's Bluetooth. Yeah. Do the same exact thing. Um, someone on Reddit, they're they're like going through the comments and reactions. I was surprised at how like positive people were being about seeing this. Just like, Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that the first one wasn't like, you know, it's the first one's not like from a script standpoint in an acting standpoint. It's not a good movie. It's just a fun, like, yeah, adventure exactly. Movie. It's just a cheesy, schlocky 90s action flick. Right. And sometimes that's all you want with a phenomenal cast, too. Yeah. Who, who, who have like since gone on to do even, you know, bigger and better things. Yeah. But, um, you know, people are, are excited for it. And someone brought up a good point. Like there needs to be a scene where a tornado takes out a drive-in theater while Dr. Sleep is playing. Oh yeah. That would be clever. Yeah. <laughs> for the unaware, that's uh, the sequel to the shining and then twister uh, drive-in theater gets destroyed while the shining is playing. Mm-hmm. So, um, that would be, that would be phenomenal. But, and I hope they do something at least for Bill Paxton and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, they need yeah. to, 
Uh, I'm sure they will. I met uh, Sean. The actor's name is Sean Whalen, and he's in he's in Twister. He's uh, Alan Rucks. He, he's the he's his partner. He's the, the guy that drives the truck while Alan Ruck, his character Rabbit, um, does something which is now completely irrelevant, which is actually look at physical maps and directs everyone where to go. I'm sure he's, uh, his job has now been uh, replaced. But You are now Siri. Uh, Sean Whalen being the only person from Twister I'd ever met, only, only celebrity, and I asked him about a sequel, and this being in 2012, I asked him, mm-hmm. like, hey, are we going to get a sequel to this? And he's like, Bill Paxton is very passionate about wanting to do a sequel, but he wants the whole cast to come around. And so far, the only person who doesn't want to do it is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Nah. And I'm like, that asshole. And now they've both left us. And in Helen yeah, Hunt. I can think of one way that we can get around that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Helen Hunt then, who, who, I don't know how I feel about her. I mean, she's like, when you, when you look up like, celebrities who've had botched plastic surgery hmm. uh she comes up uh john resnick from the goo dolls comes up uh and, and i'm not talking like you know joan rivers you know levels of plastic surgery i'm talking like literally like the, the they either went to uh the doctor that went to hollywood upstairs medical college or <laughs> just you know it was it was the, the last uh plastic surgery appointment on friday before the weekend and they just wanted to get the fuck out of there but Helen Hong claims she wrote a script for a sequel to Twister where not only was her character going to get killed off in it, but the entire cast would have been made up of uh, minorities. And according okay. to her, the, the, the script was projected, but um, it's one of those things that I'm like, okay, I'm having a lot of trouble seeing your side of this. Mm-hmm. There's got to be more to it. But anyway, that comes out in July. I don't care about anything else right now. uh, people uh people care about the new taylor swift album coming out um people care about uh let's say grand theft auto 6 people care about um uh jesus you know there's a lot of things that people are looking forward to but the only thing that's on my radar right now is twisters is there anything i'm looking forward to i guess the next dragon age game which is maybe next year maybe sometime this year next but yeah, but do you trust uh do you trust BioWare at this point? Yes. Yeah? I have I have faith. Okay. I think well, I think they're going to wrap up the series cuz um they they recently had a bunch of layoffs, but it's kind of like at a point where they would have finished wrapping up like the narrative writing of it. Um so my theory is this is going to be the last Dragon Age game and then I wouldn't be surprised if the whole studio gets shuttered by EA shortly after, but uh, now, th- but they did uh, Mass Effect too, correct? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I the- liked all the Mass. I even liked Andromeda. I liked all the Mass Effect. I just couldn't get into Mass Effect. Um, I tried. I tried so many times. I I have yeah. the Legendary Edition, and I kind of mm-hmm. want to give it a third try, but I've I just I've I have not gotten sucked in by it, and I've tried playing Andromeda. I actually was like, mm-hmm. enjoy, like you, I guess we're in the minority of people who enjoyed Andromeda, but I didn't play mm-hmm. too much of it. Um, Dragon Age, I was really into the first Dragon Age until like mm-hmm. I realized I was severely underleveled and hit a spot that I just couldn't get past and said, well, fuck this. Yeah, the first away. Dragon Age is like really tricky in that it's got like 
you know, more advanced like RPG mechanics. So you can fuck yourself over if you're not paying attention of like where you're doing your stats and stuff. The the other Dragon Age games in Mass Effect are much more like actiony. If you have reaction time and can point and shoot, then you're fine. Okay. I have a wrapped copy of Dragon Age Inquisition for the Xbox One that I never opened. Mm-hmm. And it's been And let me tell you, Dragon Age two very poorly reviewed, widely hated, easily one of the worst rate overall rated Bioware games they've ever done. I love that game. I fucking love Dragon Age 2. That's one of my favorites. I don't care. Every criticism people have about it is correct, and I still love it. (laughs) I don't know if you have anything like that, a game that just like everyone else hates, and you're like, no, fuck you. This game is amazing. Oh, God. Um... (laughs) Uh, I know a lot of people were polarized over Bioshock 2, mm-hmm. and I replayed it. I've only played through it twice. Like, I've played through 1 and uh, Infinite. Like, mm-hmm. I, I came to tell you many times, but 2, I've only played through twice. Mm-hmm. And I liked it a lot more during my second playthrough. Okay. Uh, but it also has a DLC called Minerva's Den, which is considered mm-hmm. one of the greatest expansion packs ever released for any video game. Yeah, I've never actually played that one. It's uh, the expansion is is phenomenal. Like when I when I finished it and like just like following the story and just getting to the end of it, I'm like, I can see why everybody loves this. Mm-hmm. This is this this was worth uh, this was worth playing through. Um, cool. Oh man, I can't think of. I know because I know there's one, and I'm it's gonna like. The second we wrap up here, I'm going to be like, well, I'm going to go play. Uh, I'm going to go play this game <laughs> and realize yeah. that's exactly what you were asking about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, hey, I had a Sega Dreamcast when I was a kid, so we all know how that <laughs> went. Uh, but um, I mean, there's games that I've I've played that I've enjoyed. There are terrible games that I've played that I've enjoyed, but ironically, like E.T. Okay. for the Atari 2600 or Custer's Revenge. You know, How are you feeling about uh, Sonic X Shadow Generations? I'm probably going to buy it, and I'm probably going to be like mad at myself for buying it. <laughs> because it's a game that I've already procured twice. And yeah, they're adding stuff to it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, like... It, gener- it, oh man, this is so weird to think about, because Generations is very good, but it's like... It's the equivalent of people saying... Terminator Dark Fate was the best third Terminator movie. Okay. Or the best movie since Terminator 3. It's like, it came out during, Sonic Generations came out during a time when there weren't good Sonic games coming out. So Yeah, it, exactly. It, it was, you know, the diamond in a pile of shit. Right. And the diamond just happened to have been covered in shit. Like, it's, it's, it's good, but far better has come out since. Okay. So, I mean, I'll probably buy it. I mean, I'm sure they've, they've, fixed some of the things that made the um initial release in my opinion not that fun okay so uh i like superstars though that's the one that just came out i i the boss battles are fucking infuriating that's one that i like that people were i mean it's sonic so i'm kind of biased as i'm sitting here wearing my sonic 2 shirt but (laughs) um that yeah there's there's uh, that one got like mixed reception because uh, largely because of the boss battle system. And I agree with it because the boss battle, it's not that the battles are hard. They're just 
annoying and frustrating at the same time when you have to sit through, you know, the boss doing its motions where you can't mm-hmm. hit it at all. And oh. then you get a, like a half second window to, to hit it. And if you miss it, then you got to sit and wait again. Or oh. uh, it's one of those, like it goes through like three or four cycles and the fourth cycle will be something that's almost impossible to pull off. Right. And people are just like, no, it's not a matter of, of like skill. It's to, like just luck and chance. Like boss battles yeah. are not supposed to be this, this convoluted. So, right. But I like the rest of the game though. I mean, it felt like a Sega okay. Genesis game. So yeah. if, if it's on sale, give it a shot. Okay. Noted. Okay. I'm pretty sure the last one I played was Generations. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you play Mania? I don't think I did. Oh, you got to play Mania. Oh, man. That that one's like full-blown 16-bit Sega Genesis. Okay. Yeah. Noted. Okay. Uh, with that, before I nerd out even further, <laughs> Max, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. For the rest of you, uh, I apologize. And also, thank you for letting me go on about Twisters for 20 minutes. <laughs> and uh if you want to follow us uh hardlyfocused.com slash subscribe that's where you can find us and with that we'll talk at you next time thank you for listening see you bye goodbye i'm holly barrett may not have happened